You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people that intrigue and inspire me, talking about our journeys, our stories, our doubts, our fears, our joys, how we get through life, the hard stuff, the good stuff, all of it. In today's episode, I have Alyssa Goodman. She is a well-known holistic nutritionalist, cleanse expert, and the best-selling author of Cancer Hacks. She is a cancer survivor. She also lost her husband to cancer. So there is definitely some cancer talk in here. This is also an episode where she is so much knowledge about nutrition and wellness. A lot of my guests do, but there's just something about Alyssa. So I did ask her about certain supplements and stuff like that. So besides her story, there's definitely asking her some questions about what she really like talks about and promotes because man, supplement and wellness world is real confusing, <laughs> even if you've studied in it and been in it for a long, long time. So um, I love Alyssa and some real like, wow, stuff came out of this conversation. And I really, really hope that you enjoy it and share it. And here we go. I'm here with Alyssa. <laughs> that was perfect. I love it. I'm so excited to be here and talking to you. And there's so many things I want to ask you. But I feel like let's talk cancer because that's what your book is about, mm -hmm. well, around cancer hacks, is yes. that what it's called? And you have personal, very personal experience with cancer. Yes. Cancer is such a, such a bummer, you know, these days yeah. still, when you hear that word cancer, people are like, they takes their breath away. It As, doesn't feel like it's gotten better. Any, yeah. Because no. when I was growing up, I'm lucky that in my adult life, I don't, well, I've had some people, yeah, okay, maybe not. I do, I've had some people start with it. It seemed like a more minor, but of course it's still fucking cancer. But yeah, I actually, yeah, I lost family like growing up from cancer. Wow. And, or just remember like my aunt being in the hospital for cancer. When I was a kid, my best friend's older sister had leukemia. So I remember cancer being early on and that, it, yeah, it's crazy that with all the technology, with all of everything all in life, meds, that it's now over 30 years past my first experience with cancer. And it still seems like such a... It hasn't gone down. I mean, bummer. the cancer rates really haven't gone down. I mean, maybe we're letting people live a little longer life with some of, you know, with right. definitely the Western meds um, or even some holistic methods if people actually go that way. But it's with the Western meds, they're not really living a long, really productive, healthy life, yeah. so to speak. So... Because then they're still like going to get more radiation well, or chemotherapy or other things that go on because they get the chemo and then other things break down in the body. Or right. I had radiation when I was diagnosed with cancer at 32. I had radiation to my neck and, you know, um, upper body, upper torso. And I got hypothyroidism because of the radiation. And then so I dealt with hypothyroidism and then Hashimoto's after my first kid because of probably my thyroid being radiated. So you just get all these other ailments that Got you deal it. with. That's yeah. what. But I mean, it, cancer, when you say it, it just, it, you automatically go to a space of, oh, I might die. Yeah. That's why it freaks yeah. you out. Yeah. And I definitely, doing this for nine years now and maybe almost 10, I, I've seen some such miraculous stage four cancers heal 
Um, so it's definitely, I'm just trying to tell people it's not a death sentence. It is not your destiny. You know, you can cure your body. I mean, your body is so powerful. It knows how to heal. Yeah. I mean, I have a different experience of that because I don't have cancer, but I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 18 after Ollie's suffering. And so that's been like, it's a totally different thing, but I still got to see in first real hand and still today of like, oh, my body doesn't like this. And I feel this way because of this, like, what can I do? So in a different thing, but it's, it is so interesting that it seems so basic that food is medicine and that it's still shocking to me that so many people don't believe it to be so, or they just maybe don't, they haven't broken, their bodies haven't broken down to a point that they need to try a different way. You know, yeah. like they may not feel great, but they feel like, okay, so like, why do I need to try that until their bodies shut down? Of course. It's like, it's, it's our culture until we are at death's door or something really breaks down on us, whether it's yeah. emotional or physical, right? Yeah. We Emo- yeah, so- totally emotional as well. <laughs> right. Emotional breakdowns lead to very big breakthroughs. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're huge. I mean, <laughs> There's a book that I love also with the cancer stuff. It's called Radical Remission. It was in the Heal documentary. The woman did her PhD, Kelly Turner. For 10 years, she interviewed stage four cancer cases and how they healed. None of them did Western. They all did holistic methods. The people that she chose to interview. Yeah. And she has were a in stage four cancer. Stage four website, I think could be stage three and four on her website. But she came up with nine modalities and seven of them were emotional. One was food. One was supplements. They healed, healed themselves through emotional trauma, like stress. You know, just I can't remember. Like it was, it was seven emotional components. Whoa, it's crazy. I mean, we'll the emotional part that. is so powerful. And I always ask my clients, you know, how did you come into the world? Was it a loving household? You know, was your birth even, do you remember, natural? Oh my goodness. The last interview I did was with Lori Bregman. Oh. Do you know her story? I, yes. Holy shit. I love her. <laughs> love her. <laughs> I just was, uh, did her food for her book launch yes, party. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that was insane. Okay, but let's Yeah, so get- she's like perfect. It's really- I want to go, I want to be hypnotized. <laughs> I had been funny because I had been thinking about it for a while trying hypnotherapy and I was like, I don't even really not sure what I feel like, but I kept being drawn to it. And then after hearing her story, I'm like, uh, can you give me that person's number? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's like we come into the world and we have this trauma that happens to us, whether it is even, you know, first rate in terms of, let's say- the family isn't as nurturing as we need for our souls. You know, yeah. we have, you know, we have just fragile souls. And then you, I feel like personally, you live in a fight or flight mode from there. You're like, ooh, always going, is life safe? Is the world safe? And then that sort of just perpetuates into things that could break down yeah. in the future. It is. It's so crazy. And even like Simon Sinek, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, you know, like the why guy. Yes. And I had always heard the like, what's your why? You got to know your why, like that thing. And so like, I was like, okay, cool. Like my why, why do I do my work? And then just last year, I heard another like uncovering of that. It's like, well, really your why that you make up with that is kind of a bullshit, nice story that you're putting it on there to believe about yourself. But usually your why is something deep rooted from when I think he says it's like something that happened from when you're one to seven. And like there was something feeling like that didn't happen or how you gained attention or what was lacking. 
And so what you created in the world. And so that really were motivated by this why that can seem like something you maybe don't want to admit. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and or I, a subconscious right. thought process from yeah. those years. And I don't know if this is mine tied to that, but I uncovered, and I shared this in another conversation, like I uncovered, um, I always knew... I did something called Landmark yeah, years ago. I, I think in advance. I don't know what it was, but you had to figure out like, I think it was like something pl- replaying your mind constantly. And mine was, I don't need you. And so that, that's the way that I moved through my life was I don't need you. And so it made me be I, independent. I, you know, like believed in myself and I pushed myself through things. That's how I accomplished a lot in my life. It also, you know, had me putting up some walls and different things, which I, again, talked about that conversation. But I also uncovered just last year that I think that was created from that the deeper feeling of nobody cares about me. Mm-hmm. And so right. that my why might be related to nobody cares about me. And so I want to be seen. This is hard. I'm about to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like a hard thing to say. Yeah. I want to be seen because I say that my work is about inspiring others <laughs> to own who they are and move through what's holding them back and getting out of their own way so that we're all like living here present and joy filled because that benefits us all. And that that is what has motivated a lot of my work. But of course, because it's my personal work that I'm constantly doing. But it's still, but it was like, wait, are you saying my why is that I want to be seen? Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's nerve wracking. Like, of course I do. Yeah, like, I'm, right. here's a podcast, me talking. I yeah. just launched a, a YouTube series. I call bullshit. I want to write a book. But all of the messages are messages that I want everybody else to connect to. But in those, I'm sharing very personal stories. Yeah. So it does all work. But it was an interesting that like, the why that we think we're doing thing is just like this nice bullshit story for an underlying like wound that we're carrying around. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And do they also call that that work shadow work too? Like, Pro- right? yeah, like there's all these yeah. terms out there right now. And I know that work is really, I think, can be more crucial, important, you know, what you're talking about than well, yeah, that's why I'm sharing it because I'm like, this is uncomfortable to say this, but I share, I am always in sharing that and sharing that shortest shadow stuff of like, because hopefully I'm hoping that somebody might recognize something within themselves to break through it and call yeah. it that or look into it more to explore it themselves. Because when in me naming that and seeing that, I've created so much more freedom and bliss and joy in my life. And I'm not caring so much about what others might think about me or if I'm going to accomplish this or that. I'm just like, well, this feels good to me. I'm doing this podcast because it feels good to me. Right. I want to write my book because I want to write that book. And of course, I want it to be a bestseller. But it's like, I feel less motivated by the end goal. Right. Just you just wanting to like <laughs> share to help people at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Like connect. But, but also realizing, Connecting. yep, I guess there's a part of me that wants to be <laughs> seen and that's okay. <laughs> I think, Trisha, there's a lot of us in this business yeah. <laughs> that are doing this for that same like, reason. Well, obviously, I want to yeah. be seen, but saying right. that out loud for other people to hear. No, I'm going to say, I mean, I grew up in a type A family. They were really smart and motivated and successful. And I always felt like I wasn't good enough. And I you, never did was you have, good enough. How many siblings? Do I you just have? had an older brother. An older brother. Yeah. Was he like he was the pride and joy. <laughs> I was the girl. Sort of like somehow the girl wasn't as, you know, strong in the family as the 
as the men because that was the old so tradition. So you feel like you were just overshadowed in general because you're younger and girl. Yes, but also... Um, you feel like even if you're older, it was just like, okay, we got our boy. Yep. I think it was the male thing in my family, but it was just always like I was trying to keep up. I never could keep up. I just never felt like I was good enough. I never felt like I was loved or nurtured or, you know, just really... I mean, I was always searching for it everywhere else. And I was always stressed because I wasn't getting it. So I think I was, you know, constantly in a stress mode and on high alert, like trying to figure it out and then always disappointed because, you know, when you're doing that, you don't get what you want. Yeah. When you're looking for outside acknowledgement, whether it's from your parents or social media or book deal or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that if you're placing it out there somewhere... You're not going to get it. Even when you do get it, you won't. It's like the feeling doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's got to come from that deeper place. And like we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast and I was saying, you know, I just turned 59, but I just started loving myself last year at 58. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was a lot of years. To take, like, I think to I get... just started doing that last year. What do you feel like earlier on you did and you just like weren't telling yourself the truth or like what happened like where do you say that like oh I see last year I was there a moment was yeah. there something that happened there was I mean the the moment was well you know I I was working my ass off at getting this business going and um really trying to prove I'm sure not only to myself but to my family or to whoever else that I could do it um so it wasn't I was really you know externally trying to prove to others so like you're again, doing work that mattered which is let's talk about what it is that you're calling this business, this work. Like I'm a holistic nutritionist, but I also do a lot of like, I have a soup cleanse and I have a seven day reset cleanse online. So I do food programs that I cook and deliver to hundred people in LA once a month or twice a month um, that basically just give people like the opportunity to, to eat really, really healthy, real food and see what that feels like. So it's sort of like a soup cleanse, but it really is just healthy food for five days and then the seven day one online is they do it themselves, but it's so easy. I'm just trying to tell, show people how easy it is to eat healthy and whole and real and going back to the basics, um, as well as uh, my whole big thing right now is getting nutrients at a cellular level. Like that has to do with, with cancer or any of these health issues because. And what does that mean at a cellular level? It's interesting because the mitochondria is where the energy is produced in the body. And, you know, your thyroid and your mitochondria of your cells are really where energy is produced. I mean, the thyroid's your gas pedal, the cellular mitochondria is your energy. So we are so deprived because our guts aren't healthy these days. Even I take care of my gut. I'm sure it's not. So I mean, like a lot of times we're eating food, we're not absorbing the we're nutrients not absorbing because the, our gut's exactly. so busy digesting you got what it. we're eating. Yeah, it's just we're, we're not breaking it down. We're pummeling it into our mouths, maybe. And sometimes. it's not like healthy food; like it's not full of nutrients. I mean, it yeah. could be food that's even kale or whatever leafy greens that are shipped from the East Coast, potentially. Maybe not California, but you know, just like long distance, they lose their nutrient value. We're not getting enough. We're not eating enough vegetables. We're not eating enough whole fruits. You know, we're just not getting enough nutrients at a cellular level where things go in and don't have, can bypass the digestive system to some degree. And that's like green juices that are really without fruit is my big thing. So that's one way to really that's, get the cellular level green juice without fruit. Does that mean without even perfect. lemon? You could do lemon. No, absolutely. Or lime, but just not apple and right. the, you know, like, things with sugar, a lot of sugar. Sweeteners. Yeah. I mean, I juice a lot. That's what got me through my cancer. 
But um, I, you know, you can go buy a juice, but just don't get anything with apple because the sugar level is super high. Then I also love, you know, smoothies with a greens powder, like a great greens powder, because that also goes right into the bloodstream, right into the cells. And that's why I kind of created the soup cleanse because soups, soups like vegan soups that are parade or even. Yeah, you can like just put so much stuff in there. Right? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. T- like this one greens powder that I absolutely love right now. And it's easy to intake rather than like eating like a bowl of kale and yeah. quinoa and whatever. Like, even if you love that food that it takes more work to like sit down and do it. And you it. can't get enough with a bowl of kale. You know, you have to either juice it or put it in the soup that like cups of it. Does that mean because like, oh, because really just the amount of it, like the amount that you actually need is not, you're not getting enough of what you need by just eating like a kale salad. Yeah. No. Because really, yeah, if you like, what about, and what about how are also you you're like, not like breaking cooked? it down? What about like sauteing kale? I, I love that. Oh my gosh, you go to, I'll go to add, be like, let me have some sauteed greens and I like to do it with like coconut or like, ooh, it's best, but I haven't had bone broth in a while. Bone broth and like coconut aminos and like that's a way I can make it be really like really tasty and easy. But yeah, I'm like, oh, and and then it just shriveled down to nothing. Oh, it just shriveled. So yeah, I end up like eating <laughs> right? like an entire like You could put a thing. whole thing of kale, kale or a whole thing of spinach in there to saute, right? Yeah. And it goes to nothing, right? So no, that's a great way to do it too. It just that it's because well, then there used to be the whole like cooked versus uncooked right. stories, which I feel like there's less about the raw evolution and that there's more been about like, you know, there's certain things you need cooked, but I still think it can still be tricky. Yeah. It depends. The I think whole on the nutritional person. world in general can be tricky because everybody's bodies are so different yeah. and everything too. Right. It's like, you have to do this, you have to do that. But everybody reacts differently. Some people do great with raw. Yeah. Some people get messed their Absolutely don't. Up. I know. No, I know. That's because they're just, yeah, their digestive systems are different. Their enzymes are different. Hydrochloric acid, you know, just whatever it is, beans, legumes, you know, and I can't, raw, I, I, I like, like to beans. I know a lot of people say that. It actually show up as an allergy for me. Mm. I, do you know that? Did you eat them center? a lot for a while then? No, because I was that? never really exci- a big bean person. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I probably wasn't eating very much meat at the time. So but yeah, like it might have been like here and there, but no, I was never really, I never really liked beans. I also don't really like having gas. <laughs> well, they <laughs> can give you gas. gas. So I didn't really yeah. eat a lot of beans. Blue but I was shocked that like almost every sort of bean showed up in like an allergy test, as well as eggplant, tomato. Oh, you were a nightshade girl? Eggplant, no tomato, nightshades. Um, cauliflower. Mm, that is interesting. Random. Because some, yeah, that is random, but some, <laughs> I don't necessarily like love those tests, but Me too. to and some degree they're good. And then because yeah. they're just a snapshot into, and I mostly will still eat those things, but I don't go out of my way to like eat them. But I now would probably eat more cauliflower of any of those things. But again, it's not like constantly, but yeah, I was like, I can't have any of those things. And now I do, but just like pay attention. Right. Or like, yeah. I couldn't eat beans and legumes either for a while because I didn't eat them very much. I was more of like an animal protein girl and salads. And I kind of grew up with all of that. And then I got on the vegan or the vegan trail and I had to incorporate other yeah. proteins. And so the more I ate them, the better it was. But yes, at the Your beginning, it was not so fun. To them. Yeah. Yeah. And I buy, I do sprouted. That's easier to digest. Yeah. And, or on our cleanse, we soak them. Yeah. So we also give out digestive enzymes like crazy just in case they have an issue. Yeah. I love, I used to be all about digestive enzymes and I just like forget. Yeah. And then there were two, I realized when I was on tour, I was like, 
needed to take the best care of myself. Yeah. And so I would like have all these practices. And now that I'm not on that, I like forget about those things. But I always loved having digestive enzymes. Okay. They're sort of crucial. Like they, you know, like again, we're talking about breaking down the food. I mean, even especially with animal protein, I think that these yeah. days... That's one thing I would basically, I always had them and I only took them when, cause at that time that was when I was touring and I was making all the food for myself and the artist. And it was pretty much always vegan and gluten-free back then. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. like a little ahead of the time. A bit. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, and again, like that was a lot from to me healing myself. Yeah. So what was feeling. And I never was strictly vegan, but I just like didn't eat it often and always was con you know, like wanted to be sure that the quality was good. Even that was, yeah, like that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was mindful of that. So um, it was just easier though to eat vegan and, we, and it felt better. I mean, it was easier to eat vegan when we were in a different city every day into what we were trusting. Right. It was good and to be like, because I was cooking out of like a road case kitchen. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. but it worked for us at the time. Yeah. I do think that I think the vegan route is healthier. Yeah. So I end up taking digestive enzymes if like, oh, I ate at a restaurant or if I did eat animal protein, then that's when I ended up taking it. If I was eating out somewhere or eating something heavier than I normally would eat. Right. Um, even that's if it smart. was like, yeah. There's, so, that's smart. That's smart for most people. Yeah. You know, if they're especially, I mean, we're not, bra- we're eating so much animal protein these days, not me personally, but yeah, most people society. and the society. And I, and there are a shitload of studies that show that animal protein can create cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's. Oh. I mean, there's like tons of studies, like real hardcore studies, not saying that you shouldn't eat animal protein, but yeah. you know, but we're just not breaking it down and it's fermenting yeah. and staying in our gut. It's fermenting. It's funny. I'm laughing now when you're saying that though, because I, I flash back to a memory of like, we'd be in Argentina. So like, you know, like that's like, we're going to, everybody's going to the steakhouse tonight. And that was that's when a little the, different quality that would, but that was when all, but they, you know, like, especially it's, I was mostly with guys. So it's right. like, you're going to a steakhouse in Argentina. So it was like, how much meat do you think that they ate in night? But they would all be like, Trisha, you're bringing the digestive <laughs> like not the healthy people, yeah. not whatever. But they were like, we're going to, Trisha, we're going to the steakhouse, pass out digestive enzymes right. to before and after everyone. the meal. And they, no, and they took them in. Like, that's what it was like a thing that like, if we're going to, like, so know. it was funny because even the people that were not into wellness or whatever at all, that they were like, those help. We're, I'm going to need some digestive enzymes for the steakhouse, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was also really smart. You know, people still today don't do that. So... They just, you know, they don't feel good afterwards and they don't know how to, even you could take them afterwards too and it will help. Yeah. As, but um, yeah. So. Okay. So let's get back to, <laughs> you were building your business yes. and sharing this. Feeling n- not, and, and still feel. not good enough, but the business was doing so well. The business was doing so well, but you were feeling book. not good enough. Yeah. You, oh, so this is after you wrote the book. Is the book out? Book was out. Opportunities were coming like crazy, like you know, everything was going so well. And here I sat there going, oh my God, I still don't feel good enough. I still don't feel like at peace with myself. Like I am still on the fast track trying to still prove to whoever that I am good enough. And it was, and then last year I just hit a wall because I was working seven days a week and I went way too much. I had my eyes opened really big. I was really stressed. 
And I stopped. Because for me, I'm I stopped like, sleeping seven days a week is normal. But I was like, for the type of business that you built, I was like, what? Like it just, yeah. For me, I was like, what? Are you, why are we working seven days know, a week? Yeah. Like just because it was an insecurity thing, I had to keep up with everybody. And that's what, yeah, I was wondering when you said, when you realized, here I am, I've done all this and I still don't feel like I'm doing enough. Do you feel like breakdown. you were either, could you see yourself comparing yourselves to other people and being yes. like, oh, because I think they're doing more than me or yep. that? Or was it, did you also then relate it to like, oh, I have a book now, but my mom or dad still didn't, like, was it, did, could too. you relate it to? Yeah, that too. I didn't get many kudos on the book from mom and dad and but, you know, it, it, and the comparing, like this whole world that we've, you know, we're in, the two of us, you know, there's so many more of us coming out and it's it become a big deal and especially LA. So it's, you know, and I've always kind of grown up like because of the insecurities and everything, comparing myself. And I, and I was, I was doing too much of that. And I was like, wow, this is just not doing anything for my psyche. It wasn't doing anything for my heart, you know, emotional well-being. It wasn't giving me any kind of peace, as you know. And when it has social media has become so much bigger and, you know, all of what we have to do on social media, um, I just feel, felt so depleted and regret. And I was like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, I just, I, there's no way I could keep up this pace. When you said, why am I doing this? Was it more like, why am I doing this work, this business? Or why no. am I comparing myself? Why am I comparing me? Why do I, why don't I even care how, what's happening with others or that others maybe don't feel I'm good enough, but what about me? And I had to get to a place where, you know, I really had to dig deep to get to that self-love. And I had a breakdown. I stopped sleeping, had insomnia for months, which was so crazy. I never had that in my life. Is that come from like, were you like constantly worrying about like what to do next or the yes. stress or like- the stress, the worry, the, I think just, I, I don't know. It was sustainable. Like, were you just like constantly questioning yep, everything? Yeah. And it was like a sign, like- because I couldn't turn my brain off at night and everything was going like, you, you know, crazy, my mind. and But from the outside, you have a book. I know. <laughs> I'm just like taking a step back I know. Like other people. You have a lovely fiance. You have a good relationship with your two grown children. I'm just guessing. I'm like, I'm not sure. Yep. I'm just saying, is this correct? Absolutely. What was okay. <laughs> I have two sub-sons, two girls, the great relationship. Everything was so, everything was so great. My soup cleanse was doing amazing. Yeah, from the outside, Selling I'm like, out. look at Alyssa. Yeah. She's killing it. Didn't feel like it. Didn't feel, and you know, people around me were going, oh my God, you got to relax. You know, you got to take a step back. And I'm like, I don't know how to, because I was raised that way. I'm a type A, I'm an Aries. I'm, you know, just, I am a go-getter. And I won't stop until it it's done. And I also won't stop until it's done. I was perfect. about to say, you won't stop until when? <laughs> I don't yeah, see an I end know, point. Until I'm dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, I, I'm a perfectionist. And you know what is behind the perfectionism is shame. I was know, right? just listening to um, Brene Brown and Gwyneth Paltrow podcast and that she was like asking like, is behind, like Gwyneth was like, is behind perfectionist shame? <laughs> like I thought so. Like, yeah, that was yeah. it. And then I, I just, it got to a place where I think, you know, it was, it was, it was time. My body couldn't keep up. My mind couldn't keep up. It was like, do I want, do I want to keep doing this? Yes, but I can't do it at that pace and I can't keep doing it the way I was doing it. So, I mean, I really like had a wake up call with the insomnia one night, you know, it was like, oh my God, like, you know, something came and spoke to me basically and said, you know, where's the, you know, do you love yourself? And my answer was no. So, and then I had my answer. Like I, like. So one night you're awake in bed 
one of many nights. Yeah. And that you heard this thing. Yeah. Do you love yourself? Yep. And, and your I, answer was no. And that made you be like, whoa. Yep. It was like, I hysterically started to like, just cry and be like, wow, I'm trying to teach people self-love. I'm trying to help them in that arena. Cause I see them day in and day out with that. Yeah. That's what I was like when you said you were working seven days a week and I was like, but you created a business that, and I'm not saying I'm not like you're the only person that's no, right. ever created right. something to serve other people in a way and then aren't, aren't doing yes. it for themselves, but like to nurture people, to show them that they can heal themselves for the food. And like, so you probably were still eating well, but not yeah, I was taking care of all was the eating other really well. And I was taking care of my mental. I mean, I'm a big believer in like, I've been, I was in therapy for 13 years. Then I went into energy healing and I still see a healer, you know, and I do acupuncture and I, I do all these things. I was working it. So you were doing, you were doing all the things, but deep down, none, you were just, you really like, I don't love myself. So really all the work you had been doing wasn't serving. Well, it was like serving you better than if you had been doing, not doing that stuff. But yeah, underlying, you were still breaking down because yeah, like, yeah, it was like maybe that. I mean, I, I learned from all of that, but I guess I, you know, had to get to a place where I really broke down. So what did you do? do to then start climbing out of there. It was really fascinating because <laughs> it was basically what I said. I mean, it was just acknowledging the fact that acknowledging you realized- and then going into a place of like, I, I mean, letting down my guard and really just like realizing, you know, that I am looking at myself in the mirror and going, I am. Good I was enough. like, you're human. No, I'm just kidding. I am human. <laughs> I do love myself. I do love what I do. Yeah. I am so lucky you know, and I didn't realize, I don't know. I just, was that like the next morning? Yeah. The next, I mean, the next morning I was like, you know, I I cried for hours that night and really kind of stepped into that place of this can't go on. Like I, you know, I do want to love myself and I do want to go there because I know that's where the good stuff is. That's where the goodies are. That's where the peace is. And then that next morning peace did come more so. And I've had in the last year, I've just been working really diligently on just let surrendering to it all. And like that is, it has been the most incredible year ever, even though there's been ups and downs, of course, and there's always going to be, but I just, I've learned to surrender and, and be in the moment and just be like, okay with whatever happens to me, you know, whatever. I'm so happy for you. And isn't that interesting that it's just like, in so much in life, like that was a major, major moment for you. But in so much, the acknowledgement is like such, is really like such the shift or like acknowledging, oh, this is a doubt. Oh, this is a fear. Oh, I'm feeling shame right now. Like so often just by acknowledging something, acknowledging, holy shit, I don't love myself. Yeah. Then just by acknowledging it, just, 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 it's not a small thing, but just the acknowledgement is what, gets you then out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, well, I don't want, and that's what I, you know, like yeah. that's what I, even my use of affirmations and stuff that I'm like now wrestling, the most powerful way to use affirmations is to realize a thought that you're having that you don't want to have and be like, well, what do I want to believe? And so it's like, yeah, like, oh fuck. I realize that I, you know, I've been telling myself this, or I'm saying, I don't want to believe that. What do I want to believe? I want to believe I love myself. And so just in that acknowledgement, then you start to show up for it. Exactly. And shift your exactly. thoughts. Yeah. Realize when you're in a, oh, okay, that's not right. where I want to be. <laughs> right. And every night before I went to bed, I would say, you know, I would have a mantra of like, I really do love myself. And I would, 
I would wrap myself around because a, a little girl came up in the nighttime that I had this happened like 12 or I don't even around that age. And I just, at night, I mean, this sounds so hokey, but I would wrap myself around that 12 year old girl and just be like, I love you. You know, I absolutely love everything about you. And it just, it all like changed. And I feel like it changed also in terms of like health wise, it was a huge health shift for me in terms, I, I feel like I never had, like I've had more energy and felt better. Because you're not as weighed down by all the like mental totally stuff probably. Yeah. And I just felt more at peace. And then said, isn't it so much nicer? Peace is, <laughs> is heaven. I, I never had peace my entire life. Like I said, wow. I, you know, I, I didn't get it till I was 58. So I try to tell people now, like, cause they're like, am I ever going to get there? You know how we think, well, maybe we'll never get there. We'll never feel peace. I'll never feel good enough or never love myself or all of those things. But you do, you know, if you want it, if you do yeah. want it, you will get there. And it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, but once you get there, it's like... And it doesn't matter what happened in your past or what's happening now or what you look like, what your financial statement is or anything. Right. So true. And and once you do get there all, you know, just so many beautiful things show up in your life and people or things that, you know, you never thought were possible. Yeah. And I feel like that with the cancer or even the autoimmune stuff I deal with right these days, a lot of it's just... All of it's tied to this, 100%. It's all tied back to how do we feel about ourselves? Do we feel worthy enough to be here? Do we feel worthy enough to heal or to be healthy? Hey, it's me, Trisha. A brief interruption to the episode because I am celebrating. It is the one-year anniversary of my digital app, the daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome of being released into the world. One year it's been out there. So if you don't have it, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Pull up your app store, type in Own Your Awesome, get it. It's only $3.99, no other fees, no advertisements, $3.99, $3.99. You can handle that. It's a daily inspiration app hundreds of powerful affirmations and thoughts. You can come to it at any time to get a thought. You can set a reminder so that you will go and pull the thought. It's an affirmation or a thought. You can hit show me a card. You can easily share it, favorite it so you can come back to them. I just got one. It says, I allow my fears to inspire me instead of stop me. I am diving head first into my fears. Woo! I just got another one. I am not afraid to fail. Hmm. (laughs) Seems to be a theme there. What I think makes a difference. What I say makes a difference. What I do makes a difference. So affirmations and thoughts to get you thinking, looking at your thoughts differently, looking at your life differently. And if you have the app already, which I hope you do, please go and review it and then send that review, screenshot it and send it to me at yourdryologist at yourdryologist.com. And to celebrate the one year anniversary, you're going to be entered to win from a bunch of different things. I'm going to be raffling off free calls with me, gift cards to my shop, all sorts of things. So if you already have it, leave the review. If you don't have it, buy it and then leave the review. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Let's get back to the episode. So what do you feel like when it's tied back to the 
cancer, like meaning like you feel like maybe you got cancer yes. from your living in such a stress state yes. all the time. 100%. And you were 32. Is I was that right? 32. Yep. I was stressed all the time. I was and in what was your flight. life at that time? I was trying to climb the corporate ladder in advertising marketing. I was trying to eat healthy. I just moved from New York to LA. So LA was offering a little healthier lifestyle than New York, but New York was really stressful. The energy there was intense. Um, I loved it in my 20s, but it really did a number on me. And and I didn't have the strongest immune system either. I grew up and I was always sick. So I was somebody who had tonsillitis and strep and oh. mono, mono twice, you know, shingles. Wow. Like everything you can imagine um, I had. Do you now feel like that was and more so, conducive? Not yeah. More conducive, not conducive, yes. but more like because of the stress you were always felt like you were living in? That- I was always sick. Yeah. And, and then some people can be stressed and, ha- and they have a stronger immune yeah. system and they're, they're, they can survive things better. But I think I had such a sensitive soul. I mm-hmm. also did, didn't have a strong immune system. And once I, and I didn't know how to strengthen the immune system all those years, I think. So, but once I, you know, got into this lifestyle, then I really do know how to do it now. But um, emotionally, even if I was doing it with supplements or food, emotionally, I was still breaking myself down. Yeah. So when you got cancer, what was your, even back then, do you, do you feel like getting the diagnosis slowed you down and made you be like, oh, holy shit, I have cancer. Like, yeah, I, life looked differently, like your, how you saw life. I was scared to death. Um, and the doctors scare you. So as you know, like you go in and they're, you know, my first doctor hadn't even staged the cancer. And he was like, you're going to have to do chemo, radiation. We're going to need to They're just telling it very like, this is what happens. They're like. Yeah. Just matter of fact, freeze your eggs because you haven't had kids yet. Do you have a donor? I'm like, donor? (laughs) What the hell is that? You know, you're just like. Is this like you just went to the doctor like something's not right? Well, no. The first, what was interesting, I was getting a massage and the masseuse felt a lymph node on my collarbone. Oh. So my collarbone kind of indents, a lot of ours do. So yeah. we wouldn't normally, we don't normally feel ourselves yeah, I'm there, like, right? I don't really touch my collarbone. Yeah, collarbone. <laughs> so she's like, you should get that checked out. And I'm like, because I was sitting upright getting a massage, you know, not laying down. And oh. so I went to the doctor and he felt the lymph node. Uh, like When she ju- said that to you, were you freaked out or uh-huh. were you just like rolling your eyes I was at her? freaked no, out. Okay. I was a little freaked out. She was like, that doesn't feel good. And then I went to the general practitioner and he feels it and he goes, oh my God, that could be cancer. (laughs) So I was like, great. And then I go to see an oncologist and um, he's like, you know, they do all the- So you're already in like- Fear mode. I have cancer. I'm dying. Yeah. Yep. So then I saw three doctors. Two of them were like the first one. This is a matter of fact, what we're going to have to do. The third one I reluctantly went to- and he was a radiologist, oncologist of a friend of a friend. And he sat me down. It was staged by then. It was an early stage of Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he sat me down. And he goes, tell me about your life. Like, What does that mean, staged? Well, there are different stages of I know that, but cancer. when you said it's been staged by that point, early, does that mean like they're able to track Yeah, it? or if it's an early stage. Oh, okay. You know. It's just it's, like they were, get, you got the data back saying where it was. Where it was. Okay. Yeah, and it was an early stage. And he sat me down. And he goes, are you happy? Like. Huh. You know, what are you doing that is fulfilling you? Are you? And that's another time I burst into tears. I'm like, I'm so miserable. I had moved from New York. I had moved my husband and myself from New York. He was from Queens. 
But I was from Arizona, so I was a West Coast girl originally. So he didn't want to move. He didn't want to move. So then you're carrying all of that. He hated weight. it. And he and I also hated it too, because I got this job with Vogue magazine that I thought was like oh. the creme de la creme. No, I'm like eyes opening <laughs> wide, like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it was like, but they were such ball busters, you know. I'm sure that was like so I just went into the, the lion's den of where, you know, I was still trying to like, I couldn't keep up with them. It was, it was a tough place. So it's six months into that job I was diagnosed. So yeah. So it was so like. Was that also, so six months into living in LA yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, right then I was like, okay, I know, I know that I, he said, wow, let's, I think you should go into therapy and like figure out your emotional well-being Cause you know, wow. this has a lot to do with your cancer. And how are you eating? And it was really wild. He was, he was remarkable. Like, who is this? He was way ahead of his time. Because even today, doctors, a lot of them don't do that. So I did. I, you know, I chose not to do chemo. My oncologist kind of fired me because he, what he didn't, he was worried if he, yeah, they just want you to follow the protocol that they are told is, will work. Exactly. And I was scared of the chemo because it was, you know, I didn't know like the repercussions of it. And also I hadn't had kids. So I was like, oh no. And me being not strong immune system. I don't know. I just was freaked out by the chemo. So I did half radiation of what he recommended. I found an oncologist who was amazing at Cedars just, you know, and did half the radiation. That's when I went into like therapy. I started doing yoga. I became a vegan. I started juicing at uh, the one juice place I didn't juice myself, but Beverly Hills juice. Yeah, I was that, like, I was guessing that was where you're going to say. That's been here forever. That's still here. <laughs> um, the oldest one in town. And Mrs. Gooch's was Whole Foods at the time. So, you know, the food was like organic and healthier. I don't know. It just seemed healthier than New York. And um, I just tried to really you know, acupuncture. I did everything. Colonics. So then, so also when you get the diagnosis, do you go on a leave? Or do you quit your job? Yes. I did. I um, went on a leave for like a six month leave. Um, never, I didn't want to go back, but I did go back. But you I did, did go back. So went, in this time, you get diagnosed, you start going therapy, yoga, eating well. Yeah. You are doing some radiation. Yes. Yeah. Did some radiation. And then, I mean, I lost some of my hair in the radiation. I didn't feel well in the radiation. So then I got myself back together, went back. And what, so at the end of that six months, then what are like, are you also then going in and constantly being tested to see if you're improving or whatever? Uh Uh-huh. It was every six months for a couple of years. Then it goes to every year. Then it goes once a year. And so you must've been, how early did you get like acknowledgement that like, okay, what you're doing is working? Oh, well, right after the treatment, it was gone. You know, like they didn't see any more signs. Oh, after the radiation. After radiation, there was- And they they recommended twice as much as that plus- They read, yeah, twice as much as that plus chemo. And after the half radiation you took. Yeah. They it was, took, it was gone wow. at that moment, you know, but who knows, like there's still the fear factor of coming back. So you still always have that. Yeah. I had that for 10 plus years, you know, cause you, I'm, you're tested for 10 years basically. And then you kind of can go off on your own if you want. So for num- maybe, maybe it was five years. I did twice a week test, you know, twice a year. And then I went oh, to once, a year. yeah, twice a year. I was year, like, not twice, twice a, a week. week. No, <laughs> God, no, years. help. But those times were stressful too. Just go, the yeah. going in. Yeah. And then I, I got hypothyroidism after my radiation and it took three to four years to get diagnosed with the hypo. So did you 
in that, did you realize something was wrong? Yeah. Even because I had anxiety and I had um, also I had uh, hair loss and I had fatigue and like I couldn't lose weight and mental fog and constipation and all these. It was and like, you would go to doctors and yeah, and they, they would just tell you no. Nobody could figure out what was going on. And to, it took about three years till this doctor did test my thyroid. What type of doctor? And was it was an OBGYN. Yeah. So they finally tested my thyroid, said you had hypo, went, put me on meds. Did you go to the OBGYN just for regular checkup or for this purpose? Well, I went to a new one. The, my regular one wasn't testing that for some reason. Uh, my TSH, they were just testing TSH. And then um, they, they, it was fine. So they weren't testing any other numbers. Do you feel like... It was at a time though where they just didn't know to test for that. Yeah, they didn't. They still that don't. was the same with like when I was fi- finally diagnosed with fibromyalgia. It was um, I had gone to so many different doctors and so many different specialists. I had like an upper and lower GI done when I was like sixteen. Like yeah, I had like so many you know different things. And who finally diagnosed me was like a, somebody that was filling in. I was like my mom was going to take me then to her doctor and they gave me this like meds, like somebody just out of med school. So it was just a new term. Mm-hmm. Like I was diagnosed by him because he had just learned this learned new about term. It. Yeah. Well, I so guess like if was... I had seen my mom's doctor, I yeah. probably still wouldn't have been diagnosed. Yeah. So it was, I was so Lucky. happy. I had a word yeah. now to call right. myself. But then I also very like immediately was like, well, here's these three different prescriptions. Like here's a painkiller. Here's a muscle relaxer. And I think they, they gave me an antidepressant. I was like, well, I don't need an antidepressant. They're like, well, no, it's not because you're depressed. It's for the, I don't even know what reason they told me it was to regulate something. Yeah. And, and then I went off to college and I was a mess because I like had fought, couldn't wake up, like brain fog and all those things. So I quickly got a name for all these conditions. Yay, I finally have a name. Yeah. Got these prescriptions and they messed me up more. So within like three months or more, I was then already like, well, I got to figure out a way to take care of this myself. Self, and yeah. I still even now when I'm like, I don't even know if what I have is fibromyalgia. And I don't even know if fibromyalgia is even an exact thing or if it's now just something people label as, we don't know what to do with you. Uh, we'll give you, you this word. You know that, that that happens a lot. I'm sure. And that's what I'm like. I This happened so... I got diagnosed in 1999. It was a while ago. So I know that there's more research and I'll be watching TV and there's a prescription for fibromyalgia and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, interesting. But I don't dive into any research or whatever because I just then learn to heal my own body. And when something like I just got so tuned into my own body and like this helps, this doesn't. I stopped eating gluten for 10 days and I, for the first day of my life, never felt pain. So I don't eat gluten. Oh, like I'll right. try this. Like millet is gluten free, but it upsets my stomach. So I don't eat millet. Like yeah. I just like do my own research, whatever. But it's like I don't dive back into that. And I'm even like, I don't even know what I have, but I know that my pain still resurfaces. And then it like whatever, and I just take care of myself, and it goes. It away. still does today. What? Still, it still does today. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, February was terrible for me, and I'm wonder. I wonder if it's because it was that was the rainy, cold yeah, month that like, we never have that weather. Yeah, and I was like in so much pain for weeks, and I hadn't experienced like that in forever. Because sometimes it'll come up with like again, like oh, I'm just like working too hard or not enough sleep, or I oops, I accidentally ate gluten by or something like that. Right, and it nothing happened. There was nothing going on, nothing mentally, nothing like physically. And I was like, I wonder if it's because of the rain. I've lived in Southern California for so long. I don't have any experience of what weather that can then. Yeah. Do. And I didn't think about symptoms. it. until I met somebody else and who was like, oh yeah, you have, fr- oh, I have that too. Oh my God. Isn't that you've been like, and I was like, oh, that's what it is. 
Yeah. But anyway, like the, yeah. also the medical industry, it's just these things like I've, it's just, I feel like it's hard to diagnose. Well, I don't these days, but it was, but oh, it, well, no, you're right. It depends on the doctor and that it's, well, maybe not anymore, but back then that's what I was like. Do you feel like you finally got diagnosed with that? Cause they finally like started offering this other test. Yeah. Like, it's like the doctors now, the functional practitioners, the naturopaths, they know. They know what to test for. They know what to look for. They go deeper. They go to the root causes of these things. So, but general practitioners as much don't. And like, you know, just even with Hashimoto's thyroid, you know, endocrinologists don't really go the distance. I hope some are doing it more and more now because it's so on the rise. I mean, all of the Hashimoto's and thyroid stuff are just crazy out of control as well, like we were talking about with the cancer. So I hope that they're jumping on the bandwagon because, you know, same thing. They gave me antidepressants and all these kind of stuff that really didn't really make me feel. Yeah, like better. sort of helped that thing, but then I had these new things. Yeah, like that. I was like, well, this doesn't. <laughs> no, I don't like this feeling, so I'm going to stop taking this and just deal with that initial. Thing. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is like what we were saying earlier. Like the emotional component's huge, as well as this other component that we haven't talked about, which is probably what you know I think causes fibromyalgia as well is toxins. We're onslaught yeah. with toxins. We are in the womb with toxins. Mother's milk has toxins, as you know. You know, then we come out into the world and we are just nowadays, you know, there are toxins everywhere. So we are just being onslaughted. Our organs are tapped out with like loaded with toxins, whatever it is, bacteria, viral, fungus, you know, just all kinds of pathogens. And I think that sometimes our bodies just don't even know how to you know, deal with that, like really combat those toxins when our organs are toxic, our tissues are toxic. So I think it's a double, you know, it's a double whammy. And we need to figure out a way to lower the toxin loads in our body, which is kind of what I preach of a cleansing lifestyle, but it's not a hard cleansing lifestyle. It's just staying hydrated and getting no sleep and de-stressing and eating real food. I mean, I'm not talking about anything that's like God, you're not like you know. <laughs> no. You need to be on my soup cleanse right, no. every day, no. of the month, or you have to go out and buy all these 50 million supplements or right. these superfoods. I mean, or they even are great. You need to juice celery yeah. every day. That's not great for the people that do that, but I'm not up for that. <laughs> right, that has been a big thing. The and medical medium like, has I, taken that to the. I think that that's great, but what I am like, if I'm stressed out about the idea of the what it's going to take me to have the celery juice every morning, then that is not for me. Like because I'm like, I gotta get to the store. I only go to the store like once a week these days because of kids, and so I can't buy that much celery because then I'll go bad. And then the like, if I'm stressed out about how I'm going to do that thing that's going to make me feel better, then that's not for me. <laughs> right. No matter how good that is. It's like, if I can create a way for that to be easy in my life, which you can, like, yeah. but I'm like, right now I'm not there. So that's great that that could help me. Yeah. But I'm going to find different ways because yeah. I'm stressed out about the idea of how I can do this. Thing. That's it. Like if I sit to a client like, oh, you should go, you know, drink this greens powder um, and they hate the taste of it. They're going to like, be like, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, or tell them what to eat and they don't like that or it doesn't work. For, I mean, it just, right. if they're like miserable, right. yeah, miserable, they're eating not, the yeah. food and drinking the stuff, then like, then they're not going right. to get to be able to enjoy the benefits, even if they're putting the best stuff in their body. Right. And a lot of people don't relate those two. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, the doctor told me to do this, so I'm going to do it. But, you know, you're not seeing results from it. So you don't like, you know, like you were saying, you tap into your instincts and, you're like, well, I'm not seeing any results from this, so I'm not going to continue. But most people just continue just because 
Yeah. Someone has told him that. What about like, and that's the thing for me that's hard with supplements. Mm -hmm. It's like you can read and I, I've worked with some people that like they tour with like an entire, because this doctor and this person told him to take this. And then this person has said that this, which like intelligent, like different practitioners of different amazing things. And then, yeah, they have like a suitcase of supplements. But like, I'm like, if I can't feel something in my body, then I don't like want to take it. And I realize some things you probably won't be able to feel that are improving the quality of your body, right? True. Yes. But I'm like, so yeah. How do you feel about the whole supplement world? Scares the crap (laughs) out of me too. We both have really big eyes. (laughs) Because it's become a huge market. It's a billion dollar business. Also like everything in the health and wellness world is now like such a big market that I don't know what to even trust so much anymore. It's sad. Right. You're right. But again, I think someone so, like you, well, you of course, you know, so like, listen, instincts. if it works for my body, like yeah. the collagen, it's like, how did I learn about collagen from Instagram, mm-hmm. from influencers? Right. To be honest. Right. Kept seeing influencers post about vital protein collagen. And a part of me was like, well, I'm not going to just buy it because these damn people are using it. But you know what? I bought it. And, and it improved. Yep. It helps my, my aches and my yeah, joints and yep. stuff like that. And I can tell when I'm not taking it. And so that is why I continued to buy it. Yeah. I mean, that happens daily, hourly. Yes. All of this, <laughs> you know, it does. I mean, there's stuff out there that does work. And yeah. yes, you know, that's it for me. I have to be like, does, do I feel something different in my body? Are, what do you, are there any supplements or things that you do recommend to people that you're like, well, Trisha, I'm going to tell you to buy this, but you might not be like, this changed my life, but it's something oh, yeah. that my body Cause there's like, Needs. there's, there's basic stuff that I think is really crucial for people. Cause people ask me all this all the time. I mean, probiotics, I think, you know, strong. Right. I keep going back for some reason to renew life, like a hundred billion. I was about to ask you because I get stopped in that too. Like, I know, I know probiotics, but now there's so many different ones on the market. So which ones are real? Like I will stop myself from buying something because I can't decide that's an issue. Yeah. Of mine. But like, there's so much then I'm like, well, I don't know. Cause now everybody's on the probiotic game. So which ones do you really work? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I instinctually, I think it just with me, I it's love. It's really like they probably all work. They I'm can, psyching they myself probably, out to some degree, To some degree they do. So, I mean, seed is one that just came out human strain that is remarkable. And how do you know when you're saying it's remarkable? Is because, it because you're looking at the numbers or no, the effects you're feeling? Effects I'm feeling. Okay. Yeah, when I take it and um, how I feel, my digestive system. Just, and how quickly do you feel that? change. You can feel, I mean, it quickly within days. Okay. Yeah. If you really are tuned in, you can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Within days. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, there's, I feel like we don't, our, we talked about our guts aren't healthy really, and we don't have enough beneficial bacteria. None of us do. So I just think that I, you know, it, there isn't enough research about probiotics that they really work. I mean, everybody's a little skeptical about, do they really reach, you know, your gut and do they really populate and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. They're just like so many people that I put them on. It feels like they work. Like, yeah. And I know for myself, they do feel, I do feel better. My skin's better. You know, just every, my digestive system's better. I mean, everything's better. So that's one. Omegas, I think, are crucial. Like, we don't get enough omega threes. Yes, I'm a believer in flax and chia and hemp as omegas threes. But I think that we can't convert that omega. That is, in that the ALA, you know, into the DHA EPA, which is super crucial for infl- inflammation. So, so is that fish oil? That's fish. Yeah. Like, and so I am kind of like a pescatarian more. So I add fish into my diet. 
like two to three times a week, which is wild salmon so and trout. So you do that purposefully to get that omegas instead of taking a pill. I do also take, a, take pill. a pill. Yeah, because it is so incredible for brain, you know, like dementia, Alzheimer's, also for inflammation. So I do take an, I take an algae-based omega. They're sometimes hard to find. Oh, okay. So then that's not the Nordic Natural does though. make an algae mace, but yeah. So, so that would be someone that fish. who was vegan would be o- yeah, open like to a, that? Yeah. yeah. So vegan could do algae-based, but um, omegas are crucial. Uh, magnesium is another one. Yeah. You, you know, know what? I used to ha- like take magnesium all the time. It was always in my bag. It helped with my pains. I act, I don't. I, oh no, I sometimes take like magnesium calm stuff at night. Yeah. I interestingly don't feel like I like need it as much anymore. anymore. I okay. wonder if it's because collagen helped fill that need my body had, or I don't know. Yeah, it could. I was thinking about that the other day. Like I always had magnesium on me and like I would take it and it would help so much. And um, yeah, I'm like, I haven't even bought magnesium, magnesium in a while. Years. Yeah. Cause magnesium has like 300 different enzymatic like processes in the body. I mean, it really helps the cells talk to each other. I mean, it is really crucial and we can't get enough magnesium. So I'm always telling people take magnesium before they go to bed. And I don't know if this is true, but I do remember, I can like remember when I lived in New York City and would have, and now I'm like realizing like, wow, I do remember having more pain when I lived in New York City, perhaps because of the weather. Yeah, the weather. I was in a great place in my dampness. life too. So I don't, it wasn't like mental thing. Right. You know, Um. yeah. But I remember like I would go get like high cacao quality chocolate and coconut. Mm-hmm. Um. Like that was before coconut water was this much a big thing. So it'd be high quality coconut water because there weren't as many brands diluting it, whatever. And that it really helped. Yeah. Are those high in magnesium? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Those are great. (laughs) Really great. So, I mean that like, so probiotics, oh, B complex, B12 or, you know, B complex or B12 or both because we are so stressed. We burn through our Bs and I, they're water soluble. So I think that's crucial. There's just a, there's a lot of, you know, something that really supports the adrenals, like an adrenal supplement. What is an adrenal supplement? So it's really like more adaptogen herbs, which is, And we hear you know, so much more about, well, I don't feel like I hear it as much anymore, but there was like a peak time where everybody was talking about adrenal fatigue. Yeah. I know. And it's still, it's still, I'm course, sure it's still present. Just everybody talks about other things. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, adrenal fatigue is, is bad because that's where we produce all our adrenaline and cortisol and you know, just when we're, I mean, we, even if we're excited and it's a happy stress, it's still stress. So that's, that's a thing, you know, if it's, it doesn't matter if it's a body doesn't know if it's a bad stress or a good stress. So it's still, so supporting the adrenals, I think are crucial. And that is, you know, the adaptogen herbs, which I love, and that's holy basil and ashwagandha and, you know, just Uh, that kind of stuff. And then, Licorice root is incredible oh, for supporting I've, the adrenals. I know I would always have that as a tea. I know. Tea, licorice root tea is amazing. I would always recommend that to people because- Is the tea? As a tea. I was like, oh yeah. If you have high blood pressure, because it can raise your blood pressure a little bit, but if you have low blood pressure, it's like, it's great I was as like, a I tincture. I do have low blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bit, there's a like, lot of that, Yeah, I think it's blood pressure. Yeah, like when you go to the doctor for an exam and they're like, are you okay? <laughs> I know, I do too. I've, yeah, I'm like, I think it runs in my family. Well, on the low, like low side. Yeah, and even pregnant, they were like worried about me. <laughs> like, are you being able to get up and actually function? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. Oh. I know, there's a lot of cool, I love the supplement area. I've been kind of dabbling in that forever. And I, I'm a humongous fan of herbs. Like, that's how I healed from Hashimoto's hypothyroidism was like, I took herbs to lower my pathogens in my body and strengthen my immune system and liquids and powders and 
you know, I used really what high quality types of herbs. Like and I, how used- did you take them? Did you do like, oh, my friend does infusions all the time and I've started to do them, but I end up doing them like once a week instead of every day. Is that like IV? No, no um, I think she called them. It's basically just like uh, an ounce of an herb mm. in a mason jar, put hot water, and then you let it sit at least 12 hours. And then the next day you strain it and drink it all within 24 hours. Oh, I've never done that. But that sounds really interesting. I know she's very into herbs and has studied with a lot of different herbologists yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I have nettle leaf and oat yeah. straw and... Yep. I love all those. I don't even know. They I'm are, like looking at her with a confused face because I can't even remember the I mean, things that I have so in my many. pantry. They've been around for a century, like Cat's Claw. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yep. I've heard of it. That's, That's not the one I have right. though. Echinacea, yeah. Golden Seal, um, yeah. Olive Leaf Extract, Astragalus. You right. Know, so what, what ways were so you I, mostly taking them I in? was actually, I mean, to lower my viral loads and this is, I just, Viral loads. Yeah. What's which is like, because I had all those, you know, viruses when I was growing up. So when you have strep and tonsillitis and mono, they're viral. They're Epstein-Barr. They're a form of Epstein-Barr. So, so you're saying it's still living in your body as an adult. It lays dormant in your system. Whoa. Because they're, they give you antibiotics. Remember, we were growing up there. Right. I think when we had that stuff, they didn't give us antivirals. Now they're doing more of that, but it still lays dormant in your organs. Yeah. And it when you then when the organs get toxic with other toxins uh-huh then your body's trying to like combat and heal that organ or heal those things because that organ's so toxic that's what i consider an autoimmune is when the body is like you know trying to like trying to heal you but you think it's attacking you so i don't like that phrase attacking but so i just i bioactive silver um i know that's not a, like an herb but I use this bioactive silver from Silveron. I think that stuff, it's a an natural antibacterial, antifungal. It's like a liquid Antiviral. Tincture? It's a liquid tincture. It's like amazing. Amazing, amazing. I would do that with the, like a really high dose liquid zinc, which built up, which is a little bit of an antiviral zinc, as well as it builds up your immune system. So I do that. And that, those two things are incredible. Um, and then I did astragalus echinacea and olive leaf extract. and. Like a lot of, you know, cat's claw. Yeah. Wow. Did. I like played around with all those things. I mean, there's, and even there's right now so when much. I have anxiety, I do lemon balm and passion flower and kava kava. I do like a little tincture. Mm. So there's just, it's endless, but they've been around for centuries. I know. So, I mean, they're proven and. It's pretty cool. It, it can be, for me, I can feel like I sometimes get stopped because there's so much. Yes. different things. And it's like, well, how do I choose which one yeah. to try? It is a little tricky. Like I agree. It's unless you go to someone who is an herbalist. Right. Herbalist just tell me, tell me to take these to things. <laughs> how much one? Thank you very much. I also like taking one thing at a time and seeing what. Yeah. The, yeah. Instead of like a whole mixture of stuff. Which so. that's cool with the like infusion thing that my friend is teaching because it is like one herb at a time. And so then yeah. I can see like what that does for me and be like, yeah. okay, do I feel like I want this in my life? So I realized I got like, we went down the track of getting into the all nutritional stuff. But um, real quick, when did you decide to like start your, this is your business? And cause you, did you end up going back to Vogue? Yeah, no, I, I you, did go back did, to but, Vogue, but then I quit probably three months later. Cause I ended up getting, when I went back to Vogue, I got shingles cause I was not in good shape. So okay. I quit three months later. Then, uh, then what happened was 11 years later, my husband was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
in the meantime, Hodgkin's. did you just stop working or you just took other I work took another that wasn't job. as stressful? Yeah, I took one that wasn't as stressful in the same marketing. But you were healed and yep. well, you were healthy. I had two then, kids, two girls. And life then was pretty good. was good. Okay. And then, yeah, things were good with all of us, you know, all four of us. And then 11 years after my diagnosis, he was diagnosed and his cancer was a little farther along. And he did all Western. He did two bone marrow transplants in a year and a half. Wow. Tons of chemo. The cancer kept coming back. And then he died of fungal pneumonia a year and a half after his diagnosis at 45 years old. So that's when the world kind of really went uprooted. And I was like, wow, I have two girls that are 10 and seven and they're, they're going to think they're going to get cancer because they have two parents who had cancer. So I went back to school and got certified in whole, you know, Eastern and Western nutrition. Um, I learned Ayurvedic, Chinese, all the herbal remedies, supplements, all the Western diets. And then I left. I just wanted to like heal us all as a family. Yeah. But when I graduated Cafe Gratitude, I'd moved down from San yeah. Francisco. So my girlfriend had brought it down, helped bring it down. And oh, she, she, are you friends with Lisa Bombright? Yeah, Lisa Bombright. And she said, will you create a cleanse for us at the restaurant? Right. And because of my marketing advertising background, I did, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But it was super fun. And I did that for like four and a half years. But so that was that the first yep. like sort of thing you did just because she knew you were interested in all of this. You were just, I just graduated. So she's and like, she was like, can you she gave me that opportunity? Oh, very cool. I know. So I did that. And then M Cafe, a year into Cafe Gratitude, hired me to do their macrobiotic cleanse. Oh. And I did that for six and a half so years. So that was how you started. That's how I started. Were you, was in the what was coming up for you as like, did you feel like when they brought you on, like, I don't know what I'm doing, I did. this, that. 100%. Yeah. But I just had to fake it. <laughs> I yeah, learned you just as I had went. to like when those thoughts came up, you're just like, but yeah, I, I just investigated yes. and read and researched and like crazy. So, and I also got to handhold all these cleansers on both cleanses. Yeah. So they would tell me their ailments and I would look them up and see what I could do for them. So I learned as Very I went. Very cool. Yeah, it was cool. It yeah. was. I did some work for Erewhon too. I was I just did about to say, yeah, Erewhon, for, for me, that's like a big, and that was Erewhon now feels like. It's like superstar grocery store. To me, it was always that. I would come up to LA when I was doing sound gigs that was in LA. It was like nobody really was like, the, but I always went to Erewhon and would get back then. It was like raw food that was prepared because I knew it was gluten free and it was like these interesting things. Yeah. That was before even raw was like a big deal. Um, But it was for me just like, oh, gluten free food that I can eat today while I'm at this gig for 18 hours and it's going to be shitty catering food. So for me, Erewhon's always been like that, but now it's like Erewhon feels like a whole nother like level in LA and health food world. But so I remember, yeah, when you started creating juices from, did you go to them? Yeah. Well, a friend introduced me to the new owners when they took over. Okay. And uh, they wanted to just, you know, up the ante a bit. And so I created a cleanse for them. It, it lasted about six months. But you also started doing juices I started them, doing right? juices for so them. So the cleanse was first and then- Cleanse was first and then the juices- and a couple of the juices, like I did an immune and a thyroid, and those stayed for a while. And the thyroid has ended up staying, luckily. Um, I'd also, yeah, done a couple others. But anyway, yes, they, I love them. And they're just like, they're really state of the art in terms of what they're offering in the health and wellness arena. But um, so I got super lucky. Like and, I but just- it, Do you feel like if Lisa hadn't come to you and say, we need a cleanse, would cleanse have been the route that you had chosen? Because no. now it's like- 
that came to you and you're still in that I'm still realm. cleansing. Yeah. It's so it was like, it was meant to be like you say, you know, it was so like, that's not what you would have chosen. No, I didn't know what cleansing meant. Like I had no idea. So wow. then when I started realizing, wow, cleansing just means eating real food. Right. Because even that was that first, none of them were like a just juice cleanse. It no. was just like, here's, I'm going to give you the best nutrients in a week. Here's a juice, a smoothie of food, a salad, yeah, a salad. an entree, whatever it is, a, like even yeah. a special treat, right? Yeah, that was it. It was yeah. easy. It's kind of easy, just the same way as like right It's now. really like, here's a really awesome week of healthy, n- nutrient-dense food that's going to taste good. That's but we're going to call it a cleanse. Delivered to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, but yeah. like basically that's so interesting. Yeah, cleanse, the word cleanse has got, has like all these connotations and, you know, it's a little bit, you know, we do think of cleanse as starvation and like yeah. deprivation, but it isn't. But that. really it's like, yeah, we're just cleaning your body. Like really the word is perfect, but I think there was that juice cleanses became such a hype that now the word cleanse and even detox can sound like you're like starving yourself yeah. and like that. It can so, turn people off. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Whenever I say even soup cleanse are like, oh, really? But back in the day, just that was soup? like, but- when you first started, it was like, yes, a cleanse? Probably because yeah. that was like the hype. Yeah. And now it's like, what do you mean by soup cleanse? Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I know. I don't want to starve. I want to eat. Like, you know, yeah, true. So I know I got lucky. It all like fell into place. It just, it was meant to be. That's what was amazing. And so just, and also I also, my, my journey, you know, was sort of cleansing as well. I mean, I think we're all in an emotional cleansing or in a physical cleansing. When your husband was going through his struggle with cancer, were you trying to get him to try these other ways? And were his, did he try or was he just like, no, I'm listening to, oh, because it was further along or what was that like? I did. It was really, um, his was further along. So he was scared shitless, really, really, really scared. So um, he did follow everything the doctor said. So he really did. feel like it was more because it was farther along that he was like, you, that worked for you because yeah. you were stage one or yeah. early stage or whatever. Yeah. And his dad died of cancer when he was two. So I don't know if that played into it. Like maybe he thought, oh my God, you know, I yeah. don't want to be like my dad and die from this. I'm going to do everything they say. And he trusted more the doctors than me. And I wasn't working in this business. You know, I was just healing myself and kind of, right. you know, fumbling along with all of it. So I wasn't a But in the back of your mind, were you I like was, wishing he would try? Were you constantly being, what about this? What we had tried? someone like cooking healthy for us. And also um, I would say to the doctors, we need to give him a break between chemo and also between the bone marrow transplants because his immune system is not getting a chance. And they were to, just like, no, you know, this is what we have to do. Well, he or... also was saying no because he was scared. Okay. So he did listen to you some yeah. and was trying things, but yeah. But... He was really scared. He was really, so he didn't really die from the cancer. He died from immune, you know, was, he got fungal pneumonia. So wow. he, his immune system was so compromised. And that happened, and happened it was often? Yeah. In the hospital, because he was in the hospital so much. So the cancer didn't actually kill, kill him. him, but because of. The his treatment. body being so broken down from the treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah. So watching, you know, someone so strong and like just waste away into nothing was really awful. And that I recently did that with my dad. He was diagnosed with stage four thyroid cancer um, in September and he just died six weeks ago. Oh. So watching I'm these, sorry. you know, like cancer take someone and like just have them go down to nothing. And, you know, it's just, it's horrible, horrible disease. So, and I feel like, but I've also seen, you know, 
like these cancer cases heal. So it's not, they don't all end in what happened. So a lot of people come to you to like heal their cancer. I help a lot of cancer. I help a lot of people during treatment because I want to keep them really strong. So after chemo or radiation or whatever it is, they're not behind the eight ball. So their immune system. So when you're not, you're never to them, like you don't do the conventional ways. It's just like finding a way to navigate it with both. Yeah. With both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had people ask me, you know, should I do chemo? But I will never say no. You know, I would never say ever. So you sort of just explore with them. Like you're not like, this is what we're going to do and follow, but just be like, talk about you have options. Yeah. Really allow them to sort of. Yeah. Like, and try to teach them all the things that I've learned over the years and what I've seen work and what doesn't work. So that's what really I'm here for is just like to be a sounding board for all of that. And with the cancer, autoimmune, all of that stuff. Because I have to imagine just having that space for people to come to you is so big for them because yeah, when somebody hears cancer, whether it's them or their family member, that it's just so much fear Yeah, that they're just probably operating from so much of a place of fear. And even the like do-gooder daughter or this, who's like, we need to do just juicing or like this. And that's still so often coming from a place of fear and like the energy of which choice do I write or whatever, which underneath it's all love. Right. That they're acting in from a place of fear because they love them so much because they want them to live because they want them to make the right choices or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and they do, and they do have good instincts, those, you know, family members. Yeah. So no matter which way they're saying you have to listen to the doctor and do this, or you have to not put anything in your body except for celery. (laughs) Yeah. Celery juice. (laughs) Celery is great for you. I'm just saying. Celery is the (laughs) ticket. Okay. Just going to ask you some final questions. Okay. Um, oh, well, first of all, as with everybody, I've had you pick one of my keychains. Which one did you pick and why? Let that shit go. <laughs> I, cause you know, there's just hanging on to shit is just like weighs you down completely. And you emotionally, can feel it in your body. And you do. And yeah. And I just, it's kind of a thing about also like I, when I was younger, I had a lot of constipation <laughs> issues. <laughs> so that as well, yeah. So I was like, never want to have that again. That was so torturous. <laughs> so literally let that yeah, shit go. Yeah, that's good for the nutritional <laughs> aspect and just the getting back into I love myself. I'm going to let that shit go. Yeah. What is a go-to for you to raise your joy levels when you ever are feeling drained or in a place of unsureness or whatever? Or- it can it, be something like yeah. very small, yeah. like something you drink or eat right. or like a practice, something. Yoga. You, anything. Yoga. I'm a, I'm a huge, yeah. I love Is there a yoga. certain like hot power yoga I do oh, do? Wow. I mean, I do any yoga, but just yoga gets me back in my body. Yeah. I just, I love it. I don't do enough of it, but I do love it. And well, since you are a nutritional back, is there anything like tincture or tea or drink or food that you'll go to to raise your joy level? Yes. Yes. So I would say that... Um, there's so many things, but there is uh, like the tea we're drinking. It's called Tulsi tea. Yeah. It's made with holy basil. It's an adaptogen herb. It's like the queen of adaptogen herbs. Um, that always makes me feel good for some reason. I, either if I'm a hyper, it kind of brings me down to a calm place. And if I'm like in a low place, it always kind of lifts me up. So yeah. nice. I've mm-hmm. always loved holy basil tea. Is it? Yeah. Tulsi. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at the tag. Yep. yep. Okay. I wrote this phrase a while ago and now I keep seeing how it shows up more in my life. What is easiest for me is not always what is best for me. 
Can you think of a way where that applies in your own life? What is easiest for me is not always what is best for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it's so many ways, but it's yes. been fun to ask people and for them yes. to be like, oh, yeah. So, what is, I mean, I guess it could be easy for me to do what I do on a daily basis with clients. Um, just, you know, shell out the advice about food and supplements and all that. But what I really want to do with them is connect at a deeper level, mm. like really, you know, emotionally connect with them. So um, that's harder. So it'd be easier to just go through the motions. Here's yep. the food plan. Here's, Here's the supplements. Do. This will change your life. I'll talk to you. <laughs> talk to you in a week Follow or two. This plan. Right. But what's best but. for you and likely for them too is to really connect to them and that they're more connected to the advice you're giving yeah. them of the food. And getting to know their story. Yeah. You know, really I feel like a lot of people them. must come to you, even if they don't have cancer from a place of fear and like, help me, what can I do? Yeah. And that there's really so much wanna... more emotionalness tied to that than what they're putting in their body. Like, of course, going through McDonald's and having these conversations, like won't have the same effect, but like, yeah, right. it's just that having that safe space to really open up and for yeah. you to be there for them to open up. Right. Yeah. Love that. Um, okay. So the title of the podcast is Claim It. Meaning it's up to us <laughs> to claim everything, claim mm -hmm. our joy, claim our vision, claim our enoughness. What are you claiming for yourself right now? I'm claiming the love for myself. Like I'm claiming, yeah, I just, you know, that theme has been coming up. Just, just love for me and for my clients and for the people I come in contact with, everybody. Like I just, I know that sounds so like love, peace, you know, yeah. but it just that feeling like that heartfelt love, like just yeah. connecting from a heartfelt place. And where I feel like the most way that can actually happen, the connection from a heartfelt place is that, yeah, in, in really loving and accepting ourselves and all of ourselves, because in that, it's like a reflection of another person. It's like that it's like, I get you. Yeah. Whatever. I, I haven't been, our lives have been very different, but like just like loving ourselves in the face of all the stuff, all of our stuff, all of our past, all yep. of whatever I thought two minutes ago, or I got upset or this yeah. or whatever. And then you're just, when you're yeah. able to love yourself more then you're able to have more compassion and love for everyone else. And yeah, become from an actual real heartfelt place. Yeah. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Thank you so much for That's, talking with me. Did we, we talk for like two hours? No, but, but close. I, yeah, <laughs> an hour and 15. But I did Thank talk you. for three hours with somebody. I'm like, I could keep going, but I felt like yeah. you got shit to do. I do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Thank you very much. All right. I hope you loved that episode with Alyssa. I am going to be putting some of the things she recommended into the show notes. You can find her on Instagram at Elissa Goodman. That's E-L-I-2-S-S-A Goodman and her website, alyssagoodman.com. You can find me, of course, at Your Dryologist and yourdryologist.com. Please, if you enjoyed the episode, share it, tag us, reach out to us. I love getting feedback, and so do my guests. And if you're loving the podcast, please leave a review. I mean, really, no matter what you're feeling about the podcast, I'd love to hear. <laughs> but rate it, subscribe, review it. And if you do make sure to screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourdryologist.com. And each week I pick someone to send a box full of goodies from my product line. Just like I have everyone pick a keychain, I have 
an affirmation deck. I have mugs. I have wine glasses. I have journals. I have all sorts of products with my empowering phrases on them. So send me over your screenshot and maybe you'll win a box full of goodies. Please connect with right now thinking about do you love yourself? I thought that was such an wow moment for Alyssa and realizing so late in life that this not having the full self-love. It's such a deep thing, such a big thing. But look at right now, how can I show myself love today? All right, have an awesome day and claim it. Claim your life, claim your worth, claim your value. What are you claiming for you?